This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Before we start to even talk about anything else, I am super excited to share with you that this year we will finally get to 25 episodes. I have been trying to get to 25 episodes for the last two years, and now we are finally going to get to 25 episodes. And I just wanted to say thank you to everybody out there who consistently listens and sends me positive feedback or even critiques on this show because it only makes it better. So I really, really, really just wanted to say thank you for giving me the energy and the motivation to keep going, to keep going after this and spreading our message to everyone who was willing to hear it and willing to put in the work on it. Uh, So speaking of putting in the work, in this episode, we're going to be talking about focusing on people development, not necessarily talent development, but just in general, people development. So in today's world, organizations are looking for an exceptional talent and Everywhere I turn, I hear people saying, well, we need talent. Let's look for better talent. Well, I have an idea. Why don't you develop the talent that you have and retain those folks? You know, a lot of it is about people development. You hired these folks. You brought them onto your team. You brought them into your charge and care. And I'm going to say this right now. If they're not producing or developing or even performing at the rate that you expect, after you brought them onto your team, after you brought them into your organization, it's majority your fault, not 100%, because there is some individual responsibility on those people to perform on everybody. However, it's your responsibility once they're in your charge and your care to develop them, to make them better tomorrow than they are today. Small, consistent improvement steps. So that's just a thought. Why don't you develop the people that you have? And and here I'm going to go into a lot of the feedback that I hear about it. And the first one is, well, my people aren't producing at the level I expect. So do they understand the level that you expect them to perform at? And if they're not performing at that level, have you told them, do they know? I would argue most likely not. Because when I eventually go back and talk to people and say, hey, you know, how, how do you think your relationship is with your boss? Or how do you think your relationship is with your supervisor? Oh, things are going great. Uh, never better. Really? How do you think you're performing? I think I'm performing really well. I'm getting all my tasks done. I haven't heard anything. Everything is good. Every, everything is, is, is peachy keen, right? Huh. That's interesting. Because your boss doesn't think so. And then they're like, what? I had no idea. So if your people aren't producing at the level that you expect, then one, you need to tell them, tell them that they're not producing or performing at the level that you expect, and then tell them how or what you expect and that level that you expect. And don't give this cop out answer of, well, I know it when I see it. That's BS. That means you just don't know. You don't know the level of performance that you're expecting. And that's not fair to anybody. We say, well, I don't know. We'll get to when we get to it. What, people are just going to magically just surprise you with BS? Is that it? You want to be 
wowed with BS and it maybe not have much substance to it, why don't you explain it to them up front? what you are looking for, not necessarily how to get it done. People will figure out the how in anything, but if they don't know the what or the goal objective that it's trying to be met, they're never going to meet it. And then you're always going to be frustrated because you don't want to tell them. And we need to have hard conversations in the workplace to let people know like, yo, dude, dudette, you're not meeting the level of, of expectation and performance that I expect. Here's some examples of what I expect. You're not there. I need you to get there. And then that person that is on the receiving end of that, they may get upset and that's okay. They have every right to feel what they need to feel. You as the leader have emotional intelligence and you should realize that what they're feeling is not you. It could be them or it could be you or your delivery of something, but you don't need to lash back out if they're upset and they lash out at you. You know, we need to work through that. And that's how we can have a great conversation of, okay, well, here's what I expect and here's what I think you can perform at. And here's where I know you can get to. You just don't know it yet because you don't believe in yourself yet. I believe you can do it. That's called leadership. That's how you lead people to get to where you want by letting them know how much you believe in them and their talent and letting them know what your expectations are and having tough conversations when they're not meeting it. And if they are meeting it, tell them they're meeting it. The next thing I hear is my people aren't seeking opportunities to excel. Really? Well, maybe they just don't know what opportunities exist to excel. I mean, depending on the size of your organization, they may not know any opportunities exist whatsoever to excel. They may not know that there are special projects that they can volunteer for to be on an additional one. Maybe your organization has a Lean Six Sigma team. Maybe they can volunteer to be on a you know green belt or yellow belt team and learn some things along the way and develop. You know, there's a black belt on that team for a reason. It develops the team and everybody on it. So, you know, that's a great opportunity in the job to expose people to other things. Maybe they don't know that there's continuing education benefits that they could go to take night classes or some other classes to enhance a skill that they need that they may be deficient in. Again, and if you haven't told them that they're deficient in certain skills, then they don't know to seek opportunities to get better at it. So if you work in an office environment and PowerPoint and Excel and Word or the office suite or whatever it is that you're using is a core set that they're supposed to know, of course, everyone's going to put, yes, I'm proficient in on whatever suite. I used it in high school and college. Well, just because you know how to open, type some words on it, and then save doesn't make you proficient. It just means you know how to use it. May not be performing at the level that you expect them to perform. If you're looking for a spreadsheet that has pivot tables and then turns it into a one-page dashboard with all these bells and whistles and GUI interfaces, which is like, you know... Um, graphic user interfaces that, that looks really nice and clean and sharp. Maybe they don't know how to do it because they're not proficient in it at that level. Maybe send them to a course. Maybe send them to a free course. Maybe you should tell them, hey, look, here's some other opportunities that you can get onto and take a look at. There's tons of things that you can do. But if you're the leader and you're the leader in an organization, you should know what those opportunities are and just give them to people, even if they're not asking for it. Tell them, hey, look, I need I need you to do this because this is going to develop you in that skill, and I need that skill. You don't even have to really tell them that, but just tell them, you're going to do this project. Give it to them. Let them run with it. That's one more thing that they can put on their yearly evaluation, and then when they do good at it, they get a sense of self-pride of, hey, I didn't know I could do that, and I did it, and I knocked it out of the park. And if they didn't do so well on it, then they did it, and they go, you know what? 
I learned a lot through that process. I may have failed at it a little bit, but I certainly learned a lot through it. I'm glad I did that. And there's going to be some instances where you do stuff and you get to the end. You're like, man, that completely sucked. I never want to do that again, but I still learned a lot from it. So another thing that I hear is, well, when I was in their shoes at that level, I knew more. I had all these other things. Why aren't they where I was when I was in their shoes? And this is where I say you are a victim of your past successes and experiences. No one will ever have the same experience and growth path that you did. Nobody will. You are a unique individual. No one's going to have the same exact growth path that you had. And so you shouldn't expect the same level of crucibles that you went through that formed you that other people didn't have the opportunity to go through yet or just haven't experienced it yet. So just because you may have had all of these hard jobs and all of these hard experiences, which then gave you a level of proficiency and skill, which is unmatched. And that's why you're at the position you are. You can't look at those who are coming up and that you're leading go, how come you just don't know better? How come you just don't know? And I'm a victim of that too. Um, several years ago, we're, we're looking at like almost almost 10, 11 years ago now, I was in a position where I was working and teaching and I was like, man, you know, they should have known a lot more by now. They should have known these, these things and they don't know. And, and I was getting frustrated because I felt like I was having to dumb down what I was teaching to actually get to them where they were. And reality, I didn't, wasn't dumbing anything down. I was really just reaching them where they were so that they could get the experience that they needed out of it to grow to the next level and get the education level that they needed uh, once they graduated the course. And so you can't take, and I had to do a lot of, uh, a lot of searching and soul searching and thinking about, well, why, why is this? And I always try to find out the why, well, why is this the way it is? And it really boiled down to, well, none of these people had the same experience that I had. And in fact, they had a lot of experience in things that I did not have experience in. And it was really valuable because I was learning a lot from them, too, on the things that they had a lot of experience in. But, you know, when you look at the level that they were supposed to be on or my expectation for them to be on, I quickly came to the realization, well, I am that reason that they need to get to the next level. And it's my responsibility to get them there. So I will also say I took that forward into every job I had after that is seek the level of where folks are, find out what they know and what they don't know. And then you need to kind of overlay your expectations on that, right? This goes back to number one, what are your expectations? You kind of loop in your expectations on things and then you tell people, hey, look, I'm going to develop you in these areas because this is where I see a deficiency in you and I need you to get better. Not because of me, but because of you, I need you to get better because one day I'm not going to be here and you're eventually going to fulfill my spot. And I want you to be better than me because that is what I take pride in is people out excelling me eventually. Right? So we've got to stop taking a look at folks and going, you should be somewhere else because now you as a leader, you are a victim of your own past successes and experiences and putting that onto people who didn't have that opportunity yet. And that's not fair to them. So if you if you just think about it, take a look at it, you can still have your expectations. You can still have your desired end states, but you got to develop them to get there. And then another thing that I've noticed is, is we tend to gravitate to people that are kind of like us. And I was having a conversation the other day 
and it was about based on reading and, you know, professional reading lists and who should be reading what. And I really don't like some reading lists because it generates group think. So if everyone's reading the same thing, that influences your thinking and everyone's going to start thinking alike. However, I tend to like to read things that are outside of my wheelhouse, things that are outside of my normal job, because it gives me a different perspective and approach to looking at things. And I also read tons of things about people that I disagree with because I want to understand where other people are coming from. Not that I want to adopt their ideas, but if I understand your common thinking and where you're coming from, your core values, your morals, your ethics, if I can understand that and we disagree, then I can look for a common ground of which we can find mutual understanding and move forward from that. And so if we're not constantly making an intentional effort to reach out to people and mentor people who are not like us, then we're kind of doing people a disservice because then all we're going to do is develop more of us. And I don't think 15 of me or 10 of me in any organization is a good idea. One of me is enough. And so I think we really need to make an intentional effort is to find other people who are different than us in any way possible and find a way to reach out and mentor them. The other thing that it really boils down to is whether people are seeking opportunities, and we kind of talked about this earlier, but whether you're seeking opportunities or not, you as a leader have the responsibility of developing your folks. So are you making people go to training even though you know it will be harder on you as a leader? Because you let key people go to training to develop them. But they went to training because the organization needs that skill set or that capability set of whatever it is. Oftentimes, you know, I sent people to training and I ended up having to do their job and my job because they were out. But the payoff when they got back from training far superseded the extra work that I had to put in. Because the capability that they brought to the organization made the team stronger and made the organization stronger. And it also gave that person a sense of pride because now they have something and they know something that not other people know in the organization. And then they have the opportunity, which I charge everybody with, is train other people what you know. If if you know it and somebody else doesn't know it, before you leave, somebody else better know what you know. And Yes, your evaluation will eventually be dependent on how well you share knowledge across the team because we are a learning team and a learning organization. So if you're not telling people and challenging them, you will go to training whether you want to or not. And then you as a leader sucking it up and having to cover down and work a little bit harder. Well, then you're doing people a disservice because people are not there to serve you. You are there to serve people. So send people to training. Make sure you program it out correctly. Make sure you have all the time and everything else. But train people, even though it's going to make your life harder in the short term. But the long-term investment far supersedes anything that you do in the short term. And the last thing is pride yourself in people outgrowing their positions and eventually having to leave your team. And I know I talked about retaining your folks, and this may sound kind of counterintuitive. However, it's not. Because if you're investing in your people and you're really giving them the best opportunities that they have when they show up to work every single day. One, they're going to have self-pride in themselves. They're going to have pride in their work. They're going to have pride in their team. They're going to have pride in that organization. They are not going to want to leave. They're going to want to be there. And eventually, when they outgrow the position they're in, that's when you as a leader 
should probably ask them, well, what are your next steps? What do you want to do next? Where do you want to go so you can continue to grow? Because you should not remain stagnant. Hey, maybe we should go to HR together and see what's available somewhere else in the organization. So that way you can go. Oh, and by the way, if you know somebody who'd be awesome to take your job, you might want to make a recommendation too. I really appreciate that. And then of course, I've never had a person say that, no, I don't have a recommendation for you because of course they want to bring people on the team because they know that that person is going to get the same value and benefit from being on the team that they got. And they want to share that on as well, because that's the culture we create. So take pride in the fact of knowing that other people are going to outgrow the positions that they're in and they're going to leave, but they're going to leave better than when they showed up. And that's because of you. And I always take great pride in that always. So if you find yourself in the position where I really can't develop people, I kind of want to keep them pigeonholed so they feel like they have to stay. Don't do that. Change your perspective. If you invest in them, like you're, they're your own, right? Like you're, they're your family, then they're not going to want to leave unless you have a family where everybody wants to leave. Then that's a different story, but treat them that way. And they'll want to stay. So that again, this all goes, this all goes back to the same theme that I keep driving home. You have to seek people for where they are, not where you think they should be. And if you find yourself complaining about your people, well, it starts with you. So maybe you're the problem and maybe you need to reevaluate how you're developing your people. You can't say that you're doing everything right if you're not getting the performance or your expectations met. Because if you haven't told them, if you're not helping them seek opportunities to excel, if you're not seeking them where they are, and you're not helping to reach out and mentor people, then that's on you. Now, if you're doing all those things and they're still not, well, maybe you need to do a better job finding folks. But you probably won't be in that boat. So as always, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it before we go. I would like to ask a favor of you if I could. I would really like to get in the last quarter as many subscriptions and likes as possible. So if you could please share this episode with one or two other people that you think might like it. And if you haven't followed or subscribed on whatever platform that you're listening to this on, please do that and hit the bells, the alerts, the icons, the whistles, and all the things that there is to hit. Go ahead and press them all. If you got some value out of this episode, please leave a review or comment so that other people who haven't found the show yet, it'll pop up on their algorithm and then they might be interested in the show as well. So that way we can help spread the word and spread the show again. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.